have to say good morning, greet you in Christ's name. It's good to be with you this morning. I covet your prayers for the message for me as I share. I'm a little under the weather this morning. The title of today's message is Moses' Decisive Faith. And it's taken from the heroes of faith, as we know it, and out of Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at that great man of God and his faith that he has as inspiration for us today. There was a man who got lost in the desert, the story goes. After wandering around for a long time, his throat became very dry. About that time, he saw a little shack out in the distance. He made his way over to the shack and found a water pump with a small jug of water and a note inside next to the jug of water. The note said, pour all the water into the top of the pump to prime it. If you do this, you will get all the water you need. Now the man had a choice to make. If he trusted the note and poured the water in and it worked, he would have all the water he needed. If it didn't work, he would still be thirsty and he might die. Or he could choose to drink the water in the jug and get immediate satisfaction. But it might not be enough and he still might die. After thinking about it, the man decided to risk it. He poured the entire jug into the pump and began to work the handle. At first nothing happened and he got a little scared. But he kept going and water started coming out. So much water came out, he drank all he wanted, took a shower, and filled all the containers he could find. Because he was willing to give up momentary satisfaction, he got all the water he needed. Now the note also said, after you have finished, please refill the jug for the next traveler. The man refilled the jug and added to the note, please prime the pump, believe me, it works. An act of faith. Decisive faith is that faith that allows me to trust God in making decisions in my life. That His plan is good, that it will come out right. Being able to pour all that water down into the pump. I want to look today at a man of faith from Hebrews 11. We refer to these men as heroes of faith. That's often they're referred to as great heroes of faith. But these men really weren't heroes at all. They were humans. They were sinners like we are. They were not superhuman. The outstanding thing about their lives was their faith in God. And Jehovah God is still the hero of all of our stories. Can we trust God in making decisions? Can we lean on Him and allow Him to uh, direct our path? You know, sometimes we've been let down uh, by someone who we trusted, and we can become a little gun-shy. We can say, can we really trust? I want to stand here and tell you like that man left that note in that shack, we can trust Him. Go ahead and pour that water down into the pump. It's going to work. If we put our faith in God, He is going to come through for us. Where does faith come from? Do we 
need to come up with it or is it given to us by God? That's it's a very large question. You would get different answers from different people. Where does faith come from? And I think the answer is actually both. Uh, I'm going to straddle right in the middle of the road there. Faith comes from God. God gives us faith. But we also have a role to play in, in our relationship with God. Our part is simply to seek a relationship with God, to reach out to Him in response to His drawing. And He will give us, He will increase our faith. The scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians that we can gain lessons from looking at the great men of faith of the old time. And we want to do that this morning with Moses, his decisive faith. I invite you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11 for a text. Hebrews chapter 11, I want to read a few verses there, verse 23 through verse 29. Hebrews chapter 11. I encourage you to follow along in your, in your Bibles. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured at seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn was not, might not touch them. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned." I want to look this morning in the message at three, five, actually, five parts relating to Moses' decisive faith. Begin with the dilemma, moving on through to decision, into the area of delay, demonstration, and then disappointment. Five areas that we want to use as points to the message this morning about decisive faith. The first one is dilemma. Faith always starts with a dilemma, a situation as we like to call it today. I don't know if you use that in your workplace, but often we'll come up and we'll say, look, we've got a situation. And that what I'm, we're saying in, in, in uh, our southern vernacular is that we have a dilemma. There is a dilemma. And faith starts with a dilemma. There is a dilemma. There is a situation going on. And for most of us who are Christians, that dilemma started when we realized that we were sinners. There was a dilemma. And we could either move on and respond to that dilemma in, in faith or we could reject Christ at that point. That is a dilemma. That is a situation. However, I want to speak probably more to Christians today in the fact that you will face dilemmas in your life, situations. And how are you going to respond? What decision are you going to make? Not so much the importance of the, what your decision is, but what are you going to use to make that decision? 
Are you going to uh, use, is your faith going to figure into your decision making? Is it going to impact the decision that you make? What is the driver that is going to drive that decision? Will you look inward? Many people do at your own smarts and say, look, I'm going to, I can make, I can handle this decision. I, I'm pretty, pretty clever and I, I can handle this situation. Will, will you look inward? That's one response. Another response might be to turn around and look back at situations that you've dealt with in the past and you want to say, well, this worked in the past and I'm going to respond that way. Or maybe you're going to look around. Physically, you're going to look around at other people and, and decision responses that they've done to similar situations. There's all kinds of things you can do as far as response to situation. And as American people, even Christians, we in many cases become practical atheists because we don't look up. We've looked all around, we've looked back, we've looked inward, but we haven't really exercised faith in making that decision and really trusting God for that decision. The dilemma with Moses and his parents is our story today. We know probably most of us the story. They've been slaves in Egypt. And the Pharaoh had become alarmed at the proliferation of the Israelite people and had ordered that all the male children be killed at birth. And Amram and Jochebed were a Levite couple who had a son. They were parents of a baby boy whose original name we don't know. I don't know if you thought about that. We don't know Moses' original name. He was later named Moses by the Egyptian princess. And they decided to disobey the king's orders and keep the child alive by hiding him. Hebrews 11.23 says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Josephus, the historian, the Jewish historian, says that Amram had, been, had prayed for the deliverance of Israel and that God had shown him in a dream that they would have a special child that would deliver Israel. Well, we don't treat that as, as, as scripture, but that the historian would tell us that Amram had been praying for this child. And uh, they believed that Moses was that child, and that may have figured into their faith in, in hiding this child and preserving his life. I want to branch out just a, a minute here talking about faith here in regard to parents. You know, the Bible says by faith Moses, and actually in this case it was not Moses because Moses was too little to have faith at this point, but his parents had exercised some faith. And how, what role do we as parents play in the faith of our children? It's a, it's a very deep question because we feel very responsible to rear our children for the Lord. And what role do we play in their faith or lack of faith? We know that God doesn't have any grandchildren. Each one of God's children is his child directly. It's not through us. However, there is a powerful thing here in that we can foster faith in our children. 
We can do that. We can be instrumental in putting them in an environment that fosters faith. We can impact our children more than we can impact anyone else. The choices that we make as parents will influence decisive faith on the part of our children. And we should ask ourselves as parents, when we make a decision, how is this going to impact the faith of our son or our daughter who is watching, who is watching very much what we do? How is this decision, this action that I'm taking now, how is that going to impact my child in the future? And it will impact your children. It will lead them toward saving faith or faith in God, or it can push them away, the decisions that I make. And you say, well, what kind of decisions? Well, it can range from very simple decisions to major decisions. It can range from decision, for instance, not to go to Wednesday night service or to go to a Wednesday night service. Ouch, ouch. Yes, it can. Absolutely. You say, well, that's no big deal. Well, little Johnny's watching. <laughs> and I can foster within little Johnny a, an environment that, that is, is good, or I can foster within them an environment that, that eventually kind of quells that, that, that leading to faith. Proverbs says, train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That word train there is very interesting in the Hebrew, I'm told. It is a word that, that was, was coined from a term when the midwife would take it, after, soon after a child was born, the midwife would take a sweet substance and put it on her finger and stick it in that little child's mouth and rub it up in, against their gums and what have you, and the little child would learn to suck. The little child would start to, to put their mouth over that finger. And that term train is that word that they used to train a child was to stick a finger in their mouth and get them to start sucking. And that was to get them to desire food, to get them to, to, to be able to have desire, to learn, to nurse. So train up a child in the way that he should go is to create or to foster within that child a desire. A desire for the things of God. A desire for the things of God. And so we as parents can't give our children faith. I wish I could. I felt so helpless as our children were growing up and saying, you know, I can't give them faith. I wish they would, they would believe, but I can't give them that. I can, however, by the grace of God, create an environment in which it is easy for them to come to faith. Or I can create the opposite. So the, the faith that uh, Amram and Jochebed had, I think, were very, were very instrumental in, in Moses's faith eventually. An environment that fosters faith, a desire for God. So first we had a decision, we have a dilemma. Next we're going to look at a decision that was made in our text by Moses. Moses made a decision after reaching maturity to follow God, the God of his birth parents. To identify with the people of God, it was a momentous, life-changing, and costly decision for Moses to identify with his birth parents. Choosing not to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter, Scripture says, not to be the next, possibly the next Pharaoh, it was a decision that he made 
that changed his entire life. By faith, Moses, our text says, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. The the martyr Stephen in the book of Acts, it's recorded his speech. He says, at this time Moses was born and he was beautiful in God's sight and he was brought up for three months in his father's house. And when he was exposed, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was mighty in words and deeds. Growing up, after, after Moses was adopted by this Pharaoh's daughter, I don't know how old he was, but he had been taken care of at home for a number of years as a youngster, and then he was moved into Pharaoh's house, but he had all kinds of instruction. The Bible tells us that he was, he was learned in, in the Egyptian, had Egyptian education in the best schools. He was bright, he was privileged, he was respected. He was a rising star. The Jewish historian Josephus tells us that he was an excellent military leader and had actually fought wars for the Pharaoh. But something happened as he got up to maturity, uh, maybe up close to 40 years old, he decided, he made this decision to to drop all of that and to, to identify with those slaves. Yeah, it was a it was a stark decision to make all the privilege and power and pleasures of Egypt over against becoming a slave and hardship and disgrace. And what could have motivated him to do that? The our text answers that he says, By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Consider the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. One of the drivers in decision-making is that of, of fear. Many, for some of you, many of your decisions are influenced by fear. And I, I would be the first to confess that, that mine tend to be occasionally driven by fear. I make a decision to be safe, not because it's the best decision. And fear sometimes can drive our decision making. Fear of loss, fear of what might happen, fear of loss of reputation, loss of privilege, loss of status, loss of opportunity, loss of security, fear of failure, fear of being hung out to dry, many reasons to fear. And the decisions made under the influence of fear are often wrong decisions. Not always, but often they can be because they're not made in faith. As a Christian, we have an alternative to fear, and that is faith in God. You know, we can make our decisions out of, out, of, out of fear, or we can look to the Lord and say, God, what do you want? What is your plan? What is it that you want to do? And we don't have to be paralyzed by fear. 
Faith allows us to overcome fear because faith reveals the real picture. Faith shows us the reality of not only the obstacle ahead, but the power of God that is there for us. Faith does not deny the reality of the problem, but it shows us the reality of God. So making a decision as Christians should be done using our faith in God to make that decision. Understanding that God is there for us, God is faithful, God is dependable, He is powerful, He is loving, and we can trust Him in this decision. Moses' decision here had three parts to it. First of all, our scripture text says that he identified with his true family, with the people of God. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Faith causes us to identify with the people of God. I think that's very helpful. That's one reason we have a church family is to allow us to identify with the people of God. It solidifies our faith and it causes us, gives us that family identity. And Moses, regardless of the privileges that he would have had in the Egyptian setting, chose to identify with the people of God. And it says, secondly, that he did it for the sake of Christ. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. That's a little bit of a stretch for me to understand that that verse, because Christ was not there. But Moses did look ahead to Christ. We know that he prophesied of Christ. He knew of the Redeemer that would come. And the reproach that he took on was similar to what the early church experienced in being reproached for Christ. He was willing to uh, be devalued, if you will, in the culture of his day, to suffer reproach because of the reality of his Redeemer. And the third thing that is mentioned in that passage is that he was looking ahead to the reward. God give us eyes of faith that we can look ahead to the reward. The pleasures of sin are all around us. The immediate gratification is there right around us. Making choices to that are easy to make in a certain way would be tempting to us. The hard choices are choices that are made with the eye of faith. Understanding that there is a future reward for us as we make those hard choices. I don't know what choices you are making in your experience. I know that what my choices are, but you will make choices. You continue to make choices. Um, 
every day, smallish ones, perhaps uh, sometimes larger choices. Are you identifying with God's people in the choices you make? Are you looking to the future? What kinds of goals will you adopt, if any? Are you willing to speak out for your faith? How do you choose to spend your time? These are important choices that we make that will have long-term consequences. Will you be willing to suffer reproach for the cause of Christ? Is faith influencing your choices? If you forget everything else that was said here this morning, remember that we look up when we make our choices. Our faith in God, our faith in God, our understanding of who God is should influence our choices so that we make good choices, even though they may be tough, tough ones to make. The next area of Moses' experience was that of delay, and it often is ours as well. A time of delay when we would think that we should be moving ahead and then we start getting into a, uh, an area of dead water, if you want to put it that way, where we just kind of swirl around and nothing is really moving. Moses experienced that time of delay. And I'm reading, if you want to follow along, in Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, uh, Stephen's account, verse 23 says, When he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them being wronged, he defended the oppressed man and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand. But they did not understand. And on the following day, he appeared to them as they were quarreling and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you wrong each other? But the man who was wronging his neighbor thrust him aside, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? At this retort, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. Now when 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in a flame of fire in a bush. Moses was a man of action, and I admire that. But it wasn't God's time yet. God wasn't, could see that Moses wasn't ready. His people weren't ready. And he put him into a holding pattern, if you will. He put him into a period of delay in his life to where he was going to work on Moses, I think, to make him ready to lead his people. And there is well, what I could call, what we could call the personal wilderness experience. A time to learn dependence on God, a learning of God's ways. Gaining the benefit of some family experience. Moses got married out there. He had two sons, we know. He had a personal wilderness experience where he learned patience and reliance on God. You know, when Moses came back to deliver his people, he was twice as old as he was when he went. 
He was now 80 years old, twice as much wisdom, twice the meekness, I think, twice the reliance on God. And for many of us, there is no shortcut to this part of our life experience. There's no way to shortcut the delay because God has to work on us. And we need to learn reliance on God. And the desert school is hard, but if we can graduate, we will have a clear picture of God. At the end of his experience, we see Moses covering his eyes in the desert when he saw the presence of God. He met God, if you will, in a burning bush. Exodus 3 says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. And I have come to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I would like for us to get the picture of this delay time as a time when Moses learned about God and learned about himself and realized that he needed God. That he wasn't able to do things on his own. And I think that that was the reason that God took him out there. Probably a large part of the reason was to help him to see where his real strength came from. The decision to only trust Christ and not his own abilities. And he came into God's presence there in the burning bush. And he began to see that God was his strength. God would have to be his his help. The next part of Moses' life was his what I call the demonstration. And that was a demonstration of God's power in his life. He was at the burning bush when God met him and God called him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And I won't, for the sake of time, read you the passage out of Exodus that I was going to. But Moses had to come to grips with God asking him to go to take his people out of Egypt because he now felt very inadequate. He felt very much that he couldn't do it but that God said that he would be with him. And he demonstrated that by asking him to throw down the rod and it became a snake and then he picked it up again and it became the rod of God, a symbol of the display of God's almighty power in delivering his people. And Moses trusted God and that rod became a symbol of his, of, uh, his trusting in God's power. That faith in God is, is the power that overcomes the world, is the power in which we are to operate today. That decisive faith is the power that Paul writing to the Ephesians says that it is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. It's the power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. God is asking us to throw down our rods and to pick up his working in us. And will we move forward in obedience? We don't have time this morning to talk about all the experiences that Moses had where he demonstrated God's power with that rod. Raising that rod over the 
over the Red Sea and having it parted. Raising that rod up on the mountain when there was war going on and the enemy being defeated. That rod became a symbol of God's power in Moses' hand. Moses was a great, great man of faith. And we marvel at the way he trusted God in making his decisions. And I wish that we could stop the story there. That Moses was this great man of faith and he just got stronger and stronger and stronger and that he was able to lead his people right on into Canaan land with that rod. Maybe take that rod and strike it over the Jordan River and it would walk right in. And that faith had become so strong. But I I wonder maybe if God didn't allow this story of Moses' failure to be there in Scripture to show us that Moses was human. And when he no longer trusted God in a situation, it, it had terrible consequences. I would like to use that this morning in what I call the disappointment toward the end of Moses' journey with the people is when he struck the rock instead of talking to it, he disobeyed God. And there's the account in Numbers, which we won't read. I think we're all familiar with the account. Most of us would be. Let me read just the last couple of verses of that account. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Here now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank in their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. I think it's important for us to remember that Moses' claim to fame was not that he was a hero on his own. It was his faith in God. Moses was special because of his faith in God. And Moses failed in the end. The one great large task that God asked of him was to take his people into Israel, and he couldn't do that. He did not trust God enough. And his humanity shows us of how he depended on God. The people got to him. The people got to him. And it's this way with us as well. If it wasn't for the people we have to work with, we could be saints. Amen? I asked the dentist that one time. I was sitting there in the dentist chair not too long ago, and I says, uh, uh, Doctor, do you, do you, don't you, doesn't it get old grinding people's teeth? He said, no, I don't mind grinding people's teeth. I do it all day long. It's dealing with people. He said, that gets old. And, you know, I think the people got to Moses, and it just, something snapped. Something snapped. And they went into the presence of God and they prayed to the Lord. And I think later Moses probably would have wished that he would have stayed there a lot longer in front of God's presence. But they went out and they struck the rock in disobedience to God. They were near the end of their ropes and and they had had enough of these sniveling, ungrateful people. 
Failure of faith is what will bring us down as well. When we don't trust God, in the end, when we, when we can't trust God in making our decisions, that will be a failure. We know that God did honor Moses by allowing him to look over into the promised land from the top of Mount Ebo. His earthly life was done and he went home to the promised land in the skies. Moses was a great man of faith. I don't want to diminish what he was, but to also mention that he was human like we are. How to apply this message to us today? How can we apply the story of Moses' decisive faith to our own experience? In our homes and families, decisions that we make, I guess I have to leave it with a question. Are you going to look up when you have a decision to make? Is your faith in God and His goodness, in God and His love, in God and His dependability going to influence you so that you have that faith that you can say, God, I, I'm, I'm going to do what you want me to do, not what I would like to do, or what would make sense to me at this point. God, I, I'm going to trust you because I know in the end you've got my back. You have got my good intention. You are, inten- you're, you are well-intentioned toward me. And uh, live our lives that way. Hebrews 10 says, But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. In our homes and families, our relationships on the job and business and our future plans, we need to look up to God and decide, make decisions based on faith in God and not the circumstance around us. That needs to be the deciding factor in, in making decisions. Allow God, our faith in God, to impact all of our decisions. God bless you.